something really cool is is coming down a pike pipe whatever it comes down pipeline the pike <laughs> i heard down the pike i don't know what really people... yeah okay like people actually say that fair enough if you are a native english speaker and you're not Lindsay, then please write in and tell me if it's pike or pipe or whatever these things come down it's pipe right in the pipeline i don't know maybe it's pike maybe it's eel who knows <laughs> Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable and I am joined today by my wonderful co-host, Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. Hello. How are you? Where are you? <laughs> I am very well, thank you. I'm currently in Cusco in Peru at the time of recording, so nice and high up in the world, which means you go outside and you go up a set of stairs and you feel like you've run a marathon, so that's fun. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. But next Monday, a week today, in fact, um, at the time of recording, I'll be in Paraguay. Oh, wow. So you're traveling, as our first listeners start listening to this episode, to your... Mm destination that you've been building up to for quite a while now right yeah it's it's quite exciting since may last year so almost a year now um i've been learning guarani which at first doesn't sound like anything most people know about perhaps but actually paraguay despite being a country in um south america that's not brazil speaking portuguese or one of the three up top speaking dutch or english or french i believe um as well as speaking spanish in paraguay they also speak guarani but what's interesting is that it's not just a case of okay so they speak spanish and there's some indigenous languages spoken but spanish has kind of got a bit of a thumb over those and you know crushed them down to less speakers over the years it's not quite that same story actually in paraguay it's more of a 50 50 case even to the extent that if you go to rural areas you may find people that actually don't speak spanish at all mm, and do they speak like straight up guarani how it would be has guarani changed over time or is it sort of a ancient this is how they spoke 200 years ago i can't imagine at all yeah, it's kind of a, a, a spectrum if you go some, from sort of rural to urban, from what I've heard. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to report a little better on this. But so, you know, the more urban you are, the more likely you are to hear Spanish. And the more, you know, the higher that percentage of Spanish is. And then the more rural you are, the higher the percentage of Guarani is. But most people do actually um, speak both, at least to some level, you know, most of the population. And mo what, what most people speak is actually called Jopara. So you've got, I think it's called Guarani Pura, maybe, which is like pure Guarani, which is more the sort of rural variety. It's the less influenced by Spanish variety. But what most people use in their day-to-day -day life is Jopara, which is a mixture of Spanish and Guarani, which I kind of love as a learner because, you know, there's plenty of things I still don't know. And so going there and being able to put together a sentence in Guarani and fill in the blanks in Spanish and still potentially be speaking all right is is quite a uh, quite an exciting prospect yeah you know that's one of my most convenient I don't know as a learner that's one of the nicest things about Welsh as well ah okay you have a similar thing 
like when you you know when you're watching TV, then the, even the people who are speaking, especially if they're South Welsh, so they might be Welsh speakers who have a lot of Welsh in their life, but every now and then they don't. Th th you hear a lot of like, oh, um, I'm really upset, da, 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 you know, and then it's just like <laughs> it's a bit like in India when you hear Hindi spoken and they just randomly switch. Yeah. And I've even seen this on TV that there's really this sort of, I don't know what it's called. It's like a bilingual existence, but mid-sentence. Mid-sentence, wow. there's just a magical switch um, or not magical. It's, it's called, it's code switching, isn't it? Is, is the official word when it's... Yes, yeah. When it's, when it's used mm. between languages. But what's interesting with, with this and I think with your examples with Welsh as well is that it's just the language. You know, there's no intentional kind of, okay, I'm going to speak Spanish now. I'm mm -hmm. going to stop speaking Guarani and speak Spanish now. It's just mixed together as, as, as one. So it's going to be curious and I've got a course lined up as well. So we arrive on like a Tuesday. So the sort of second, you know, the first full week we're there after that, I've got a whole week's course in the, in the language, which is very exciting. You mean like someone comes and no, like, like you go to a classroom? Yeah, like I'm going to a language school. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And who do you think will be there with you? I really don't know. I really have no idea. All I know is that I'm excited and the school have agreed to be in the language stories episode ah! about Granny. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. That's, That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. This is interesting. You know, um, I was doing my goals today, so my mostly, well, beyond us organizing women in language, which as you are listening to this, if you listen to this on the day it comes out, women in language has just finished and we hope it went well. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. You and came. we're sure it went well. We're sure we're, it went well. <laughs> Lindsay is a lot more, uh, Lindsay is a total optimist. I love it. I love it. It's good. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm such a warrior. Either way, I, you know, today actually sat down and set my language goals and this has been partly inspired because the month has just turned into March and I saw that you and Shannon were both posting your clear the list posts so in a minute mm. we'll talk about clear the list and I kind of looked at my goals and looked at what I've been up to over the last month and I've been getting quite a good amount of speaking practice so beyond my usual exchange partner Gareth I also now work with a tutor that I found on italki who I just hire for a half an hour or an hour of conversation practice every every two weeks really just to you know just get a bit going yeah but we can I, I can talk for half an hour now um Yay. about stuff that is more than like I have a pet and stuff <laughs> so that's really that's good cool. reading my book has gone well I've been getting on with say something in Welsh I've been doing all my grammar stuff you know I've kind of been you know making decent progress and I felt like okay I've been speaking a bit more but I just really want to do I want to go on a trip and I want to be in a well-speaking environment so I have actually been thinking about doing you're coming to Argentina <gasps> oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uruguay, done. <laughs> yes, I have booked a trip to Argentina. No. <laughs> well, maybe on the slightly more affordable side, perhaps, but I have really been setting myself the goal of of booking an, an immersion day or a trip to Wales or something like that. My husband goes Ooh. on a sci-fi weekender in Wales and he's he's just about to go in two weeks. So mm. I'm always jealous because he basically gets to spend a whole weekend in Pulthwelly and I'm always like, I'll come with you, and then I never do. Oh. Partly because I hate sci-fi, but 
you know, I could I could use this as a language immersion and I haven't done it. So this is my my big, big goal. And I'm going to be blogging about it because I've decided to hop on the a guest slot, I guess. Is that what I'm going to be on Clear the List? Do you call you, your you can be do you call your bloggers yeah. guests? Well, like participants, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I'm going to participate. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can join in. <laughs> yeah, and I, we previously talked about this on the podcast when I was talking to Chris Broham, because Chris Broham for a while was hosting Clear the List. And it's an invention that you and Shannon came up with, though, right? Well, yeah, it was a while back now. It wasn't just me and Shannon. It was me, Shannon, and three other bloggers in different areas, not you know, not not just um, about language. And um, And the idea really was monthly goals. And so, you know, the direction that me and Shannon took it in, obviously, individually, was language goals. And then one by one, they gradually had to um, had to stop hosting for other commitments. And so the two of us were left and we were like, well, I like this. I find this useful. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> and so for a while, we brought on Chris and, and Angel. Um, and then this year, we've just, we've gone down to just the two of us again. So, but yeah, it's been going for a while. It's, and I personally, like... I find it really helpful. Mm -hmm. I mean, this year in particular, kind of being away and, and traveling, there's language learning has been like the lowest priority, which is really quite sad. And I'm, I, you know, there's there's loads of reasons I'm excited to to get home in in July, but one of them is so that I can actually <laughs> like properly do languages again because I don't have that same. Um, like they don't have the same resources, the same kind of regular timetable. There's so many variables. You thrive um, on routine. And I'm, I just, every yeah, word you say, I'm thinking about the yeah. Gretchen Rubin framework um, yeah. and how, <laughs> how telling that like you and Shannon stuck with it because you're both very um, r routine focused. You know, like, you do really well with that kind of thing. Whereas mm. I remember you asked me, was it a year ago or something to say, hey, mm. do you want to join mm. this? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't fancy setting myself goals right now I have to get my head around goals and then since then I've done obviously a lot of work with the language habit toolkit seeing other people set goals and succeed or not succeed and see what contributes to my goals and mm. I managed to find a way to set goals that makes sense to me but I had to go I had to wade through that whole how do I do this before I was able to mm. get my head around it now I guess mm. Mm. yeah no I think I think that's totally fine and the other thing you know it's not going to be for everyone. It's not going to be the best way for everyone to stay motivated and to actually make progress in, in the language. But for me, for Shannon, and, you know, for everyone that participates, it, it is. So it works. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited yeah. to join. I'm excited to join and to share whether I've booked and I've written myself all these goals and it's going to be amazing and I'm going to massively, massively succeed. Okay, so Lindsay, if somebody wants to read Clear the List posts, this is there is there one website or where can people find more information about it? So it's it's not one website, so it's like a kind of community on various blogs. So the easiest thing to do is head on over to my blog, so lindsaylandslanguages.com, and then when you scroll down on the main page, you'll see there's a little Clear the List banner on the uh, right-hand side at the bottom. So you can click that and that will tell you all the information you need to know if you want to join in. Awesome. Right. I'll put it in the show notes as well. And now before I move on to our news item for the week, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. We have previously mentioned them and they've, they've, they're a returning sponsor. So I'm super, super excited to have them back. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later when we talk about apps, because it is an app and it's an app that you can get on Android, on the iPhone, on 
iPads and you can use this on the web as well. And it is the return of Clothesmaster. And Lindsay, you've been using Clothesmaster for Guarani, right? Yes, I remember it was on the podcast when I discovered they had Guarani and I was very surprised and very excited and it works. It's really good. Yeah, huge, awesome amount of language combinations. Clothesmaster is available in over 50, that's five zero languages. So we'll tell you a little bit more about it later. Uh, just to give a shout out to them, if you haven't got Clothesmaster on your phone or you've never, never looked, go to Clothesmaster, that's C-L-O-Z-E master.com slash C-L-L-P. So we're still on the old um, Creative Language Learning Podcast URL, but it'll work for you. And that's where I've got a little video to show you around the app and show you how it all works. Okay. From Clothesmaster to a very female topic. So I found this, or is it a very female topic? I guess. I found this article and I originally found it on the Manchester Evening News <laughs> on this website. Oh, wow. Completely pla yeah, completely plastered with adverts. I was going to ask where you found this. Okay. <laughs> the MEN shared it. Um, and they, they wrote about it and they, they sort of asked sort of local women, like, how was your, how was your experience of this? Um, and, but now I have now found a more credible link. Thank you to Fran from Step Up Japanese on, on Twitter. So the article that I'm going to recommend or just sort of, uh, share with our listeners is called Humanizing Birth Does the Language We Use Matter? And this is an article that focuses on clinical guidelines to be given to doctors, medical professionals, midwives on how they should refer to and speak to a woman in order to create a culture of respect for women during the birth experience which hmm. is intense, <laughs> I guess. I um, mean, some of the examples, like there's a table here and some of the examples of poor language versus the suggested alternative language, those poor language examples, oh, no, no, adoption sounds good right now. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think one of my favorites is so so what what the British Medical Journal is is featuring is this sort of list uh, this table with suggested alternatives and again we'll we'll put it in the show notes and some of the examples of poor language or they they call it poor language um they've got four categories that are being shared here and the first one I think is probably the most I think if if I was in in the throes of a very painful experience by all by everybody telling me about it and somebody said to me something like um you've got a, a bloody show <laughs> or yeah. or if somebody said fetal distress i would go absolutely mental it's it's not nice or i might completely ignore them of course but it is quite it it you know the category is called anxiety provoking overdramatic or violent hmm Rupture the membranes. That's, that's another indie band for you. <laughs> Rupture the membranes. And yeah, whereas what you can say is release the waters, which for, the, according to the suggestions here, is, is a more, mm, uh, well, it's an alternative way of describing this experience that, that according to the table is a little bit less violent. But the argument they make, and then it goes on to give real suggestions that are, I thought very interesting and I thought what was really what came through consistently is this theme of use the woman's name 
right mm. use her name mm. don't just say she when you're in the same room as a person because you're essentially ignoring them you know yeah um yeah and and you know don't say something like she's 10 centimeters instead say uh, oh mrs mrs jones's cervix is seven centimeters dilated which is really true isn't it that it doesn't reduce then the woman or how they're saying it here rather than simply a container and mechanism for producing a baby it maintains a a sense of respect of the the person the actual human being that is going through this crazy experience now what do yeah, you make of absolutely. this I, I found it was interesting, the, the one about it, said, there's like a little category box. It says, respecting women as autonomous adults. And it says, instead of saying, my woman, for the woman giving birth, you use her name or say the woman I'm caring for. Instead of saying, girls, for staff or for midwives, you say midwives. And instead of saying, good girl, during labor, you <laughs> say you're doing really well. I, I, I don't like the word girl. I hate being called girl. Good girl. Ooh, that's patronizing at the best of times. Never mind if you've... Yeah, good girl is what I say to my cat when she gets off the couch. Yeah, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know how prominent it is to for that to be used anyway, but I would not like that. <laughs> I imagine it's an environment of care and an environment where, yeah. to a certain extent, senior, experty women care for women who are in an experience that often is the first time that they're going through it, mm. you know, and who are really... Mm. You know, like it, it's and, it's women providing or midwives. I know I'm I'm generalizing that all midwives are women, which I do not mean to do. But in in a, in a grand scheme of things, I have watched a lot of one born every minute, <laughs> and um, it's usually women caring for women. And I guess this imposes on us this sort of matriarchal environment, right? Where we're not equals, where one where one is the the, the mother figure almost, and one is the the yeah. child figure and that there is so much in the language that we're using and you're right just that word girl for what a woman in her late 20s who was who's having her first baby mm. is might not be quite appropriate might not be quite right but i can no, see I, I think you're right though because you know a lot of the time midwives male or female that are, that are helping someone to give birth are probably likely to be older than someone especially if it's their first child right mm. and so that I, that instant idea of of hierarchy I guess of of age you know you wouldn't say wonderful woman you'd or like lovely lady you'd say good girl like the alliteration is is there from an expression that we use mm -hmm. or or hear from such a young age that it's just probably just comes out it's probably not intentional yeah. in the sense of disrespecting a woman as an autonomous adult as it says here you know but i think it's yeah but yeah, can you imagine it, saying good boy to a man of of what 25 40 years old of 25 40 but you know like i find it, this fascinating because especially when you then cross languages like you know in in, in spanish for example mm -hmm. you've got various you've got chico chica muchacho muchacha hombre mujer Mm -hmm. Señor, señora, you know, these various phrases for, for or words, I should say, for men, for women at different ages, different stages of life. And then, but like, I've been called chica, like me and Ashley collectively have been called chicos multiple times on this trip. And if, if, if that were to be translated as boys, girl, you know, guys, young, right? youngins, guy, yeah, like, I, in, in English, 
that may maybe feel like, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm older than, than this. I've passed the age now where you can't call me a girl, right? But whereas in Spanish, being called chica for me doesn't, it's fine, doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Even though it's more of a younger word, I don't know. It's, it's interesting how, how that then transfers across, across languages, you know, and does it transfer in quite the same way? German being so much more formal, I would expect, if I go into hospital and, you know, in, in any kind of situation, I would I would expect to be called Frau Kebel, mm, like consistently. Mm, mm. I certainly would not feel comfortable with somebody using my first name without asking, or as in English, it'd be fine. Yeah. And and I would I would expect a, a much more of a formal kind of culture of distance. So I guess there's there's a lot in this. I mean... Yeah, like if I were if I were given birth, I think I'd much prefer to be called Senora than Chica. <laughs> you know, if you've reached that point in your life where you can have a baby and you're actually having a baby, then maybe that's the <laughs> you've crossed over to being called Senora in that in that situation. So yeah, mm. it's curious. And it it goes hand in hand with previous um, previous articles that that we have you may have you may have heard about in. Um, in the medical world, that often there are studies that show that the women reporting pain, women reporting distress, women reporting any kind of physical symptoms tends to get overlooked a little bit more or tends to get minimized more than, than a man's pain. So in that sense, it's quite interesting to to bring in this this article that talks about, well, do not just say her say that person's name mm. ideally you want to say that person's name you do not want to forget that this is a person and i think it's really interesting so there was a a point made in this blog article that some people may roll their eyes at the thought of political correctness gone mad and a lot of people might say well you know this is just we have to be careful about another thing and no no um and that you know it's I don't know, that that is true, but what it says here, which I thought was really good, was while some may mourn the days when a doctor was in charge and their advice was gratefully received and unchallenged, there are now multiple alternative sources of healthcare advice available to women before and after consultations, Mm. which acknowledges, I guess, in that sense already, that the person going through, in this case, the childbirth experience, is the doctor is not the only place where they can get that information and they are much more well-rounded individuals. So this is an equality sense. It's not just about female equality. I think this is about equality, a, a doctor and patient, in, in while not at all ignoring the expert position or, that the doctor really is in. Mm. Or the way that they put it in was language matters as a way of respecting women's views and ensuring that they are empowered to make decisions. So it also goes into yeah. you get to decide what's happening to your childcare, childbirth experience. Exactly. From childcare and the different places, you might, if you are going through an experience like that, look up a lot of information on your phone. And Lindsay, do you know what else you're going to probably find on your phone that is language related? Oh, what a beautiful segue. Okay. Language apps, maybe? Language <laughs> apps. <laughs> That's right. Language learning apps, which is sort of our second half main topic of the episode. And language apps are amazing, wonderful, so convenient, so useful, lots and lots of information for free. They have completely changed how we learn languages and everything's better now. Is it? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) 
So that is the topic we are discussing today. Are all the apps amazing? Are they are they giving us exactly what we need in terms of language learning? And a question that Liam, friend friend or listener of the show, Liam asked me, Liam Green, asked me recently, he was asking, do you have any tips on how to use these apps? And I thought that was interesting because at first I thought, well, what, you press the button that the app wants you to press, you do the right answers. That's the tip, right? This is how you use an app. But what he was really asking then, he was, he was saying, I never feel like I'm getting enough out of them. I never feel like mm. I'm using them right. And I thought it was really interesting that the app user, like I've never thought about it like this, that the app user questions, am I doing this right? You know, mm. I thought that was really, really interesting because the app is really there to serve you. But it is an interesting question, especially if you're a first time language learner and your introduction to language learning might be something like Duolingo. What do you, you know, like, do you, is there something that you're missing out on? either by using the app or could you use, is there a special like best way to use them? So I thought there was a lot of interesting questions in there. And bundled with that comes also the fact that certainly for me, not every app stands the test of time and attention. You know, I've, I have in my life installed a lot on my phone and, and taken it off my phone again. So perhaps let's start off with what we have on our various devices. Do you use language apps, Lindsay? I do. And and it, it's interesting because it varies depending on which language I'm learning, what level I'm at with that language, etc. Um, I mean, I also what's interesting, and we've we've sort of mentioned this briefly, is that I have different apps on my phone and on my iPad, right? So on my phone, you know, you take so many photos all day long, blah blah blah. Memories like always coming up, storage full, pay for more storage, all of that jazz. So I have like minimal apps as much as possible mm. so the ones that make the cut for my phone that i you know use on the go a little bit more perhaps are duolingo right now for growing but normally that wouldn't be there it's only for growing memorize pretty much has been there <laughs> forever google translate i have on there um word reference and close master mm -hmm. so they're on my phone then on my ipad it's all of those plus hello talk and tandem you talk innovative language link parallel books and then more specific ones for specific languages as well there's a lot more on on there when it's more a case of thinking about you know when i use them you know on my phone it's like okay go 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 do, 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 do. you know I'm, I'm out i'm doing something i'm in studying a queue i'm you know wherever on a bus whereas my ipad it's like i'm sat on the sofa i've got a little bit more time so i'm going to do something a little bit more deeper if you like you know mm. that needs more attention maybe do you use your ipad a lot then quite a lot especially this year because you know i don't have my shelf of books and <laughs> like so it's it's been quite an invaluable tool this year um for, you know for language learning for like sort of everything else podcasts netflix all of that jazz as well um but yeah yeah quite a lot mm. Mm. this is this perspective kind of it's it it shows me I'm I'm kind of using it very similar to you I think, in that right. on my phone I've got like where you have Word Reference and Google Translate I used to have Google Translate too as a you know as a shortcut, and I'm I'm trying to wean myself off it and not look everything up in Welsh in Welsh because I can really understand these things if I just think hard enough but thinking hurts so <laughs> sometimes you sometimes you don't right so i tried to not get lazy so i took the shortcut off but my two probably most used 
apps are an app called Leo, which is a German dictionary app. So the, mm. the base language for this one is German, and then it gives you German, English, French, Spanish, Italian, Chinese, Russian, Polish, and Portuguese. But it's always German versus those languages. I think it's a project from Technical University of Munich or something. Uh, if okay. you are a German learner, use Leo. Leo is it's, it's, it's awesome. It's such a good dictionary. And then there is one called Abgeria Diron, which is a Welsh dictionary. Because I'm not sure if word reference does welsh but i just never got into word reference so i have like a special app for the welsh dictionary and those are probably along with say something in welsh those are the apps i actually use and say something in welsh i pay for very happily as well for for the content because mm. it's it's good and i use it mm. but that's kind of so so there's utility utility and course i guess and then i use I have this sort of second tier of apps that I use slightly less, which are Duolingo, Closemaster. I use mostly one of them every day, mm, mm. but I sometimes will have three or four days where I don't. Mm. Memrise and Smartcards Plus, which is a, you know, just a flashcard app, a yeah. very nice flashcard app. And um, I use all of these slightly less and I wouldn't say that I rely on them for my learning experience whereas the dictionary ones they are like yeah like I need those you know thing. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then what you said about how you use your iPad because you haven't got your books that's interesting because I think I do have the bookshelf so for my grammar exercises and for my reading and that kind of thing I tend to be a little bit more I tend to be a little bit more offline and just on paper. I generally enjoy paper learning. But I do have sort of this um, content stuff. I have like S4C, which is the Welsh TV channel. And I've got Link. But Link doesn't have a Welsh um, language setting. Mm. So Link is one that I would like to use. Because I think I finally got my head around how it works. But yeah. I, I don't use it. Because it, there's no... It's just not the language not I'm, right I'm mainly now. learning. Yeah. yeah. So I guess my, my most playful one is probably Duolingo. Mm -hmm. But I certainly, I, I find, I definitely find this thing that I, I it's impossible to, to use a lot of apps with focus all the time, is it? isn't it? I think so. And I mean, one thing when I was kind of researching for this um, episode and I was thinking, oh, let's check if I'm behind the times, if there's like anything that I've missed, uh, you know, in app language, app world. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed a couple of things. Number one, when I was sort of searching and then clicking related on apps that I already knew, I noticed that under related apps, brain training came up a lot, right? Which mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting. And then tie that in with the fact that some of the descriptions uh, with, with a lot of language apps, they're often marketed as like a quick fix solution, you know? So like one of them was, are you interested in learning language X, but just don't have the time? <laughs> and another one was on, on the little image. It says, this app won't make a difference to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't even have the time to download the app. Another one said, learning vocabulary has never been so easy and relaxing. And so there's this real emphasis on ease, fun, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. just it, it's, it's almost good for you because it's tied in with that brain training thing. And I found that really interesting because it sort of takes away from the idea that learning a language is not, not, not hard, but it's 
takes effort, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I found that interesting as like a common theme among a lot of apps. Yeah, I think I think generally it's kind of it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a pill, you know, like if you've got like a weight loss and it's like, just take this pill and you'll lose all the weight you want to lose. It's like, or you could eat healthily and it's going to take you a lot longer mm-hmm. and it's probably going to not be fun all the time or as quick and easy as just taking that one pill. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I wonder if, I wonder if some of that is, especially online, but like classic marketing, you know, the way, and I think the way mm. software developers get taught to market usually is to say, find something and find what they call the pain point yes you know find a bit that 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 people really hate about this and the thing that people really hate about language learning is that it's an effort yeah right so so the marketing solution to that is then to say well if you use our app it's effortless and they are sort of half right because it's kind of effortless Mm. to use apps right all Mm. you do is swipe Mm. your finger around a little screen and that's, you know, we see babies can do it. So adults can do it. So the actual <laughs> use of an app is often effortless. However, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there is that focus, just like you say, on ease and gamification. And to me, that is probably the biggest disadvantage and the biggest disservice that apps can can, can do us is to promise the earth and... Mm. I often hear back from people that they say, well, yeah, but that's, you know, like you shouldn't just use the app. And I wonder, I often wonder if a non-experienced language, how many people drop off because they just used the app, but then at the same time, Mm. is the ease the first thing that draws you in? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they've completely changed how people approach this because so many people now start with something like Duolingo. Yeah. And I can't get my head around if I think that's a good thing or not. <laughs> Still not. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you're right. As there's there's with with marketing and stuff there's a there's a tendency, you know, not just within apps or not just within language apps even, but there's a tendency to say this is all you need, right? And the truth is that especially when it comes to a language app it's not going to be all you need there is no one app out there as far as i know of that is the all-in-one solution mm-hmm. for everything mm-hmm. um and i think that is a disadvantage because you know a lot of people will go into this they'll go onto the app store they'll see duolingo they'll think cool that's fun i can learn a language i've always wanted to learn french they'll try they'll get so far and then that's as far as they'll get because they're not getting everything that they need from that one app and they don't know where else to look because Mm. the only other apps that are coming up when you click related are brain training (laughs) other app that gives you vocabulary in an easy fun gamified way that you've already learned because you've already done that level on duolingo you know and so it's not it's not as um as, as, as thorough perhaps but i think you know sort of looking at it on a positive side i think it's great the idea that we now have this tool in, in the form of apps that can get people into language learning yeah, yeah. in such a relaxed, easy, gamified way, yeah. I think is a huge positive. And you it's know, people that huge... maybe would have always been put off by school 
now have this reason. Oh, you know, I tried it. It was fun. Yeah. It was good. And we have this huge um, boost now to minor minority language communities where they really, they can get a boost for their language. You know, we've seen it with Esperanto. Mm. We see it with, I guess, Guarani and Welsh to a certain extent because apps mm. like Closemaster and apps like Duolingo document and teach the language and make it accessible in a way that, that just hasn't been done before. So it's certainly not all bad. Definitely not. Definitely not. Mm. And this is probably as good a point as as most to, to again mention Closemaster, because I do think that they've, you know, number one, sponsor of the show, and we love them, and thank you so much. But secondly, Closemaster stands out because they use that many languages. I have very rarely seen that level of languages on an, on something that is so accessible and something that is free and you can just download it on your phone. Mm, absolutely. And I mean, I was like really excited when I first saw all the languages they had and I can't wait to get home and to actually get back into, I was, I was doing a thing, I think I spoke about this on the podcast, Kirsten, where I was learning like all the kind of Latin connected languages mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on Closemaster, like, you know, very, very casually, but I was beginning to pick stuff up and that was that was easy and relaxing and gamified right it was all of those things so yeah it's a lot of good it's a lot of fun yeah exactly it's um as we often say fun addictive and free so how does close master work how does this game work because it is gamified right mm. you're asking me I yes you're gonna tell me <laughs> you're asking me so <laughs> how does it work um so it's sentences from i can't remember the website is it tatuiba is it yeah and um sentences from there and they're just put in so you you just like put the words in order or you kind of press you know if you got it you know and you do, 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 do you do like 10 or you set i think you can in the settings adjust how much you do in one session as well right yes so it's quite yeah, flexible yeah. in that sense and uh and you just you go and it's because what's great about it is that it's whole phrases and it throws you right in at the deep end there's no my dog is brown my car is big none of that stuff you go straight in so if you if you know if you i think clothes master is great if you have learned one or two or a few languages before and you know you want to maybe learn similar languages to that mm -hmm. but you don't want to go through that whole process <laughs> on day one <laughs> yeah you know you can kind of almost jump in a few steps ahead i think it's really really great if you're at that stage yeah you skip into a lot of natural content and yeah, i love the way yeah. it it scrambles up or at least with with welsh for me it scrambles up levels so that sometimes you get a sentence where it's literally like the weather is hot today and that's good because i get to fill in the blank i get to i get that little success experience that i think apps give us so so much it's just like it goes mm. bing bing and you get something green and you know you've done something yeah. right there is so much positive feedback instantly but then it just goes okay here's a sentence from the bible <laughs> yeah like the welsh version has the lord's prayer on in welsh and it's just such a oh. you get exposed to such a variety of what i would still consider natural content because it is sentences really taken from around the web and that's fantastic plus the app works beautifully in your browser on your iphone or on your android device phone tablet chromebook whatever you got so you can learn 
anytime and anywhere. So in case you want to check out Clothesmaster, like we really recommend this. We were into Clothesmaster way before they were a sponsor. Uh, we like hipster, hipster endorsers, I guess. It's <laughs> cool. It's super cool. <laughs> Go to Clothesmaster, C-L-O-Z-E-M-A-S-T-E-R.com. And if you want to support show and tell them that we sent you, go to clothesmaster.com slash C-L-L-P. Don't have to pay anything. Doesn't cost anything. If you want, there is a special voucher there, but there's absolutely no obligation to, to try it out. Okay. So one of the things that I'm hearing from you in terms of apps, and I, I agree with this very much, is this when you don't think that the app is your main resource for learning a language, you do so much better. So if we think about mm. it the other way around, that the app enhances your learning experience that you are having anyway, mm. to me, that makes that makes me feel like I've got much better, I've got a much better attitude to almost. And this brings me to an advantage, which is that every one of us is different. Like probably everybody's got a different setup of apps on their phone. And I love how, because some people are anki nuts, right? And some people don't get yeah. anki at all. Yeah. It's, I think it's so amazing how apps are able to give us such a customized experience. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think as well, one thing I want to say here is that with apps, sometimes it feels like it's it's very easy to almost shame people. And it seems that there's almost like, oh, yeah, but you only learn French with Duolingo. So it's not good enough French or it's not real French. You know what I mean? But I don't think that's. I don't think that's fair, <laughs> you know, because everyone is different. And that experience that you get from, from let's say, Duolingo as an example, someone learning French on it all the way through and someone using it as an additional tool, as a supportive sort of secondary tool, that experience is going to be totally different. And neither of them, neither of them is a, say, better learner than the other one. Absolutely not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's no, there's no shame in, in using a language app if that's all you're using right now there's no shame in that it's totally fine yeah yep a hundred percent word i'm i'm down with that word <laughs> and another thing about apps in general is that there are lots of you know there are all these like language learning apps and generally i i put these into three categories really which are mm -hmm. there's courses i think duolingo is like that or um say something in welsh is is like that too so you get basically a whole course in an app and i've got high hopes mm. for the fluent forever app i recently interviewed gabriel from fluent forever mm. and they're, they're working on it now he had this massive massive kickstarter so that sounded like something really cool is is coming down a pike pipe whatever it comes down pipeline the pike i heard <laughs> down the pike i don't know what, what really it, yeah oh, like okay. people actually say that Fair enough. If you are a native English speaker and you're not Lindsay, then please write in and tell me if it's pike or pipe or whatever these things come down. It's pipe, right? In the pipeline? I don't know. Maybe it's pike. Maybe oh. it's eel. Who knows? <laughs> Coming down the hammerhead. Coming down. <laughs> Either way, Fluent Forever looks like it's going to be good. Uh, Duolingo is obviously good. And these are sort of really, they're, they're courses that, uh, Speechling does that too, actually. Um, they're curriculum based almost you can follow along and you'll really you know you'll be able to build on top of what you've already learned then there's the vocab mm. training app i think memrise is a is a good example of that yeah. and in Anki. a way Clothesmaster, although Clothesmaster goes one further because it it just challenges you to conjugate sometimes as well um and smart cards plus anki you know your, your flashcard kind of memorization sort of things and then there's the language exchange apps and i've noticed you've mm. got one and i don't have one on my phone right now mm. the, the, you know with i i surprised myself actually by that i don't think i use it enough as i should 
I mean, this is one of the things that when I'm at home, it's very easy. Like I have my little language hour in the morning and at the end, I hop on, I just check if there's any messages. Whereas like here, kind of a bit less of a routine. I'm not using it as, as often. But yeah, I do. I have Hello Talk and Tandem. They're the two that I use quite a lot. Yeah, and they're both, they're both excellent. Mm. And the sort of side up that I do use for the sake of language learning is I use uh, Streaks, which is a productivity app. It's mm. just one where you, you check in. And obviously, mm. again, if, if I go back, if I may, to sort of language habit toolkit, I was I was starting that off because I was checking in with myself. And that slowly transferred itself to I don't use a paper-based system at the moment. I use my app. Even though I bullet journal, mm. I still – I just – use the app but for like lots of things so i check in every day have i done yoga today i check in every day have i done written in my diary today i check in have i had contact with welsh so this is very generic Ooh. just have i had I contact like yeah that's you cool know, i don't care if it's wh whatever i did don't care it's just has it been in my life somehow because really that's my aim you know in terms of mm. habit building mm. i just want it to be there and then another one is apps that help you work in terms of the pomodoro method so productivity is a is a sort of side app category for language learners i would say yeah i mean i don't know of any out there currently that sort of focus for language but there are plenty that you can adapt i like um meister task I, i use a lot at home and i have like languages on the side and then the stuff individually as task you know and i use it just for languages um yeah and pomodoro as well especially like on a weekend when you have to like you know got to clean the bathroom but i also want to learn japanese so <laughs> set that 30 minutes of each you're good to go yeah yeah that's Lindsay's life there <laughs> you make it sound so exciting <laughs> and you you um you mentioned before what was it 30 30 or something like that 30-30, yeah, it's the same as, as Pomodoro, really, yeah, yeah. Mm. So you get this sort of timing app. So check-in, I think check-in habit-building apps are good, and Pomodoro-type timing apps are, are also really, really good. And then you mentioned in terms of advantages that you have. So I think this is really where I come down on. It's like apps give you this, it's like the opposite of being in a classroom, isn't it? It's because you mm. get to build mm. your entire language experience totally by yourself. And then you were talking about apps designed for native speakers. Yeah, I think there's only, I mean, there's there's a couple of apps that come to mind that I think that sort of take you beyond beginners. But there's so many out there that are going to take you from step zero, right? And so if you've used one app and you've got past that stage and you've got to a good level and then you're like, okay, I'm looking for something else now. Chances are loads of what you're going to find out there in terms of apps is designed for beginners, right? Mm. So maybe that's when you begin to get a little bit creative. So think about, okay, what apps do I already have on my device? Do I have the Kindle app? You know, am I, am I a reader? Okay, so let's see if there's anything on there in a different language or the language I'm learning. Um, you know, do I listen to podcasts? Okay, are there any podcasts I could listen to in the language I'm learning that are maybe designed for natives, maybe something like news podcasts or, you know, kind of, well, there's tons out there. Yeah. <laughs> topics, right? Yeah. Um, games as well. One of the, I know that when I've looked for, for um, Guarani, like tested it with like multiple spellings and everything. And all I get is there's like one app for sport, loads of radio apps that don't work. And then one game and there's a game in Guarani and that's, that's it. Um, so, you know, even if those feels like there's nothing, there may be some games 
all sorts of stuff. Anything that you would look for in your own language, basically, you know, try searching for it in the language that you're learning and see what you can find. Yeah. And search for, um, search for, you know, either the term that you're looking for and translate it into the target mm. language, or perhaps even search for something like Paraguay app developer or Guarani app developer. You know, mm. I mean, this is, this is better when you're looking for an author. You know, so you can look for like the top five Paraguay children's authors or something like that. But it it could also work in your target language. I'm I'm a little bit luckier with Welsh, but it's still one of the main things about apps that I've noticed is if you're not learning a mainstream language, you mm. have such limited supply. I think this is one of the reasons we're so into Closemaster because they have such a wonderful range of languages and Glossica too. That's but, but Glossica doesn't have an app yet. Equally there, it's worth mentioning as well, um, Memrise and I think Anki and maybe other sort of vocab apps for the same reason mm -hmm. that, you know, you can create your own course. So even if there's nothing out there, you can go on Memrise, you can create your own course if you've got the vocab to work with. Yeah. And think about, okay, what do I want to learn? Well, I'm going to make a course. And then if you want to share it, you can share it and make it public too, which is cool. I am loving Smart Cards Plus for that. It's, it's the easiest mm. way because one of the things about Memrise is that I don't know how to... I don't know how to put words in on my phone by myself. Oh, you? yeah, I think it's only on browser. Yeah, whereas SmartCards yeah. Plus, you, it's really, really easy. And you can still add right. all kinds of all kinds of extra stuff uh, to it. But I think the same way that you could do with, with Anki. There's, you know, like, then, then we're getting into things with a learning curve. And learning curves are not what we're looking for or not what the app's telling us about. <laughs> so that's an interesting one. Now, yeah. one thing I wanted to discuss with you or perhaps share with you is um, a few app ideas that we have had and this I wrote this article ages ago about what I you know sort of here are the apps that I really want to see and I've just checked it's from October 2015 and believe it or not still nobody has made my dream apps so I'm going Aww. to share on the show <laughs> and I also want to share again Lindsay's idea from maybe a few weeks ago we mentioned do you remember vocab Pokemon Go Oh, yes. That was Do the I future episode. It's already in development now. Oh, my God. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Hunt's lang Languages app. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. So this, here are a few ideas, perhaps, for apps. And then you tell me if you'd be down into this, down with this one as well. Number one. Okay. I would want, I definitely, I really want a good, decent, functioning, not annoying, polyglot smartphone keyboard. Mm hmm Yes. Because... The iPhone keyboard doesn't speak Welsh. Right. I previously mentioned this to Benny Lewis, who is pretty nerdy, and he said you can download Google Keyboard, but couldn't make it work, didn't didn't get my head around it. I need something easier. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. I want something that doesn't autocorrect my Welsh into German or whatever the heck it's doing now. Number two, I want, do you know Trivago? Like, no. like that, it's like a like a search engine for okay. ho hotel rooms so, oh, so kind of like skyscanner for flying yeah yeah i guess yeah kind of something or something okay. like that yeah cool. skyscanner or something like that i want one of those for dictionaries mm -hmm. so i basically i want a universal search where i type in a word and it shows me that word it shows me the entry in like word references oh. word reference but also reverso but also leo and then here and then here and then yes here. like ling yes. lingui and you know all these all these great dictionary websites i just want them all in one place that's cool. I like that. Forvo, just chuck it all in. That's that's definitely yes. one that I want. So like, I don't know, dictionary search engine. This cannot be that hard to make, app developers. You, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, then one that I always wanted was an enhanced reading app, but I think Link is actually answering that call. Mm -hmm. And the final one that I don't think I've seen, or there's just two things. These are more like I want I want the apps I have to, to, to add it to do this extra. Number one, I want language exchange plus flashcards. So like everything in one place. Yes. You know, so like I if I, like HelloTalk does a good job because it lets you look yeah. up individual words, but then it doesn't have anywhere to save them. So you can make them as, a, oh, as something not? that pops up again, right? Okay. I wasn't sure if it did already. Okay. As far as I know, it doesn't. And I think that would be really cool. That would be really, really cool. So a language yeah. exchange, but then when I don't understand a word and I look it up in a dictionary, this sort of reminds me of Leah Knows, the app that you mentioned recently. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want I want that, but to integrate into my Already language exchange. in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm not asking for much here. Um, but these are really things that I would like. I would pay you for that tomorrow. And then finally, I would love it if something like Duolingo or Memrise, etc., if they had calendar integration, you know, so that they can create reminders in my, let's say, Google Calendar. Mm. So not just a notification on your phone. Yeah, I, I ignore no notifications so badly. Yeah, I I don't have notifications on mm. at all. How do you how do you live a life? How do you get anything done? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah. So, so you, you instead, use your calendar more, right? Then Yeah, I use I use Google Calendar right. and I actually you know, like when I personally have something that I really need to be doing or need to be working on, I will I know that if it's on the calendar it gets done. So if it, you know, and, and the same principle applies to, say, italki, right? For example, language mm. exchanges or when you're booking a tutor or something like that, it a lot of the reason you actually do it and you benefit from it is because it's on the calendar, so it gets done. Yeah. So I think that would be interesting, and I haven't seen one that, that just goes, okay, I've made you a schedule or something like that. You know, like I have, grant me calendar access, I've made you a schedule. I think that would be really, really cool. Mm, very nice mm. so I don't know if there is a theme out of all the things that I want mostly just convenience um, there's only one thing that is really annoying me which is the, the fact that my keyboard just doesn't do what I want when I want to type in Welsh yeah but otherwise they're just extra things for like the perfect language app maybe the perfect one but I don't know what I'm the feeling I'm getting is that really every user is so different and perhaps that really is the main advantage of language learning apps it's not that there is one good one and you can use it right or wrong and it's it's down to you as the learner to you know to use it correctly I think that may be mm. might not be appropriate to, to really think about I think it's how do you curate your phone mm. to make it all fit together work for you like a dream Easy, relaxing, yeah. gamified, or not. <laughs> okay, that, this, okay, so this brings me to an interesting conclusion question, which is mm. how happy, let's say on a scale of one to 10, are you currently with your app setup? Um, maybe like a, a, a seven, I guess. I think kind of coming back to the original question, there's loads, you know, how can you use it? Are you getting the most from it? I think... That's a really good point. I, I've talked about this with students on my course on Successful Self-Study about how it's almost like every resource, everything that you have that you can learn a language from is like a sponge, right? Mm -hmm. And it's full of water and you can squeeze it a little bit and you can get a little something out of it or you can really wring it dry. And 
you don't you know you don't want to do that all the time because you'll get sore hands it's not going to be too much fun but you can you sort of squeeze a little bit of of your apps okay i've got a little word from that today okay i've got a little bit from there or you can really ring it dry so for example like now i've got one level left kirsten on duolingo for guarani what one level one level wow so, but but i haven't been 100 fluency it. put that on my linkedin profile haven't been using it like you know to the max like i haven't you know what i'd really love to have done is gone through every gone through like one session and Mm -hmm. gone okay here's what i remember written it down written my own sentences using that stuff and then gone back the next day and done another one and then revised that one you know and kind of really taken my time but i haven't had the time you know the luxury of of time to do that Mm -hmm. so my plan is like once I've done the whole thing to kind of go back again and and maybe do things a little bit more with a little bit more depth. Think about creating my own stuff based on what I'm learning in that session. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the but the, then here's the problem, right? Here's where we then come to the idea of like, okay, that's how I could best use it. But it doesn't give me a list of the words. So what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> what is the point? Like, yeah, like it's, that's really annoying. Come on, Duolingo. Oh, there's websites, up. isn't there? That you know, I mean, I think isn't there a website called After Duolingo or something like that? Oh, I think I is saw that for it. Esperanto though. Is it I, for Esperanto? I think. I think. Oh, maybe only that. I saw it on the Reddit, the 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 wonderful and sometimes challenging Reddit language learning forum. Which, if you're looking mm. for a for a forum, I think it's worth if you if you're if you go near, if you like to go near Reddit, uh, Reddit slash language learning is a, is a is a good forum, and um, they mentioned it somewhere. So I'm going to try and dig around and, and look this up and see if there I've really is it. a website called After Duolingo. You got I've, it. I've got it. There is After oh. Duolingo. It redirects to a comment thread with Chuck, one of the creators of the app. So <gasps> he's made this huge list of exactly you know tons and tons of tools you could use. Yeah, for Esperanto. Ah, maybe it was him who mentioned it then as well. I think it was, yeah, probably, yeah. I'm going to make an after Duolingo German website. Oh, do it, do it. Yeah, and you know, just just a few extra like tips or things that people can do. Um, But definitely, I mean, because I've kind of bounced around with Duolingo and really I I came in Mm. with very, not resentful, but very... mm, I, I wasn't I wasn't impressed with the promise of mm. of Duolingo. I think that's that, that like we have we have mentioned, you know, like I think apps over promise and I think apps make make it too easy to get that experience of something going bing bing and then you you haven't really learned that much. However, yeah. however, in terms of ab- habit building and having helping people approach a language, perhaps if they haven't done it and taking it out of the classroom, I think Duolingo has done services to language learning beyond what we can possibly imagine. So there isn't really there isn't really that much to be argued with. I personally hate the computer voice, but that you know that's that's just that's a personal niggle. That's not really something that a reason not to use it at all. And the, the, my main my main change, my main mind shift came when. I went on holiday and was chatting to this family who was staying at this lodge, you know, this sort of chilled out lodge with us. And we were talking to them. They had an 11-year-old, 12-year-old daughter, had her own phone. Mm. And she likes French in school. Mm -hmm. And she'd never heard of Duolingo. Oh. Yeah. 
not an I guess not an online out of classroom so, learner. So I mentioned you mean, it you to didn't her. Have, you didn't have the conversation of what do you do for a living? Oh, I, I work with languages. Ah, oh, there's this amazing app. It's called Duolingo. And you're like, yeah, I've. I've <laughs> yeah, I might. No, no. <laughs> but, you know, she sort of said, oh, I really like French. And then, like, if if you want, you know, it's a it's a 12 year old, so you want to recommend something very light touch, I thought. And she's mm, already learning mm. in school, right? So she, she, if I want, if I'm to recommend something playful, entertaining to her that isn't, that, that can be right for her level, it, mm -hmm. it would be probably Duolingo, or that's, that's what I recommended at the time. And, the excitement that that girl displayed, Lindsay. It was, she was so into it. And I thought, yeah. okay, okay, if this can bridge the gap between I'm doing this in the classroom and I'm kind of interested, but it's only a classroom thing, to this is actually in my life every day, then I don't care That's what cool. app they're using. If, if the app lets you do it, lets you bring it out and, and it keeps you, you know, this is that, like my streak check-in. If the app lets you have contact with your target language every single day, then it's doing exactly what I think it should be doing. Exactly, exactly. And it comes back to the idea of no shame, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If, if it works for you, if it gives you that little bit of language each day, it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's doing the job. Yeah. However, if you are feeling like, you are lacking or you're not getting out of it maybe what you what like you, you're feeling like oh this whole language learning thing isn't quite what i thought it could be trust me it could be so much more so <laughs> do you know do challenge yourself to to look beyond the apps if you have not done so already you know and ultimately that kind of means find a person find a tv channel find real native I don't know, just surround yourself with, with more, reach out for more and you will, you will get more out of it. You are not mm -hmm. deficient. <laughs> that is, that is where we end, I guess. Yay. Mm. So thoughtful episode today, Lindsay Williams. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I really, I really, really enjoyed it. There's just a lot. And if you are listener currently, you know, you're looking at your phone setup and you're wondering what, what you can add or you think, oh, there's an app that these guys have not mentioned at all and I want to hear more about it, please do get in touch. And also, if you want to have your question or your topic suggestion featured on the show, you can now find The Fluent Show on Twitter. We've got a Twitter handle that is at The Fluent Show and I'll be there ready to take your questions, suggestions, like and retweet you. And you can also email me and that is Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N at fluentlanguage.co.uk. And with that, I want to say thank you and goodbye. Well, thank you to my co-host, Lindsay, and goodbye from Lindsay. Adios. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.